title of my message this morning is going to be Relationship Over Rights. One of the things that I think about when I think of the, of the holiday season, of the Christmas season, so much is it's, it's about family, 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 family. And many, many, many of us have struggles and issues in our family. And, and, and it's a time that, that, we, that we want to get together, that we try to get together, and that we would love to have those issues and those situations resolved rather than exercising our rights that we give them over to relationship. We turn our rights over to relationship. And as, I was, as I was starting to work on this, on this message, I, 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 had, uh, I heard an incredible testimony, and it's like, oh my goodness, this testimony would be so, so, so cool if it could be shared with the whole congregation. And this morning, that is just about to happen. So first I'd like to ask, Tim and Ezzy up here, and then Jay and Nick. Now for those of you that don't know, Jay and Tim are brother and sister. So I'd like everybody to be introduced, Nick and Jay. So let's give them a hand. A welcome. And I am so thankful for what you're just about to hear and that their willingness to get up and share that. So what I'm going to do is give the mic to Tim, Pastor Tim, and let you set this up and get this party started. Um, well, there's a lot as we get going into it, um, but it just has been so awesome to see the growth in my sister and Nick, uh, my sister and brother-in-law, and they never wanted to come to the same church as us uh, because <laughs> I'll just bust her out. <laughs> um, they, because it's always been like, well, you're just Tim's sister. You're just Tim's sister, and that's what she's always felt like she's identified as. And so coming, then she started going to VSSM this year, which was a huge step, yeah. Because in our family, um, there's been a lot of, resistance that she's gotten that women don't attend Bible school and that that's only for men and why are you doing it and everything and she's persevered through it and she's just kept going forward and God's been just revealing so much and so we've been just super excited of everything that's been happening so almost like after every class we either get a text message or a phone call of what God's doing in her life and so I knew she wouldn't share so I finally shared <laughs> with Pastor Lynn and told him a little bit about what's been going on and he was like do you think she would share? And I was like, there's 99% that she's going to say absolutely no. <laughs> and so I asked Ezzy, I said, what do you think? And Ezzy's like, I don't think she'll share. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just text Pastor Lynn back and just tell him she's not going to share and not ask. <laughs> and so it came last night. Uh, they, they took the kids for us while we did some shopping. And they uh, came to the house. We were sitting there. I'm sweating as we're sitting there because I'm like, okay, I got to ask her. I got to ask her. Just as she grabs the door, our front door, I, I, I told her, I said, Jay, uh, I got a question for you. Uh, would you be willing to share your testimony uh, tomorrow morning at service? And she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, that's There's, what I there, thought. There, there was that 99%. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, well, I was just asking, no pressure, just asking. And she's like, okay. And so she left. And um, I was like, well, there we go. So we got ready. We got, went to bed and we're not feeling the greatest, so um, I was sleeping on the couch, and my phone goes off this morning, and she's like, 
would you want me to, what do you want me to share? He said, the whole, the whole thing, the whole testimony from front to back. And she's like, God woke me up this morning and I think I'm going to share. <laughs> so I called past, or I called you or you called me. I don't remember which one. And I was like, she's in. And he was like, all right. And then he called again this morning. He's like, are you sure? We're still a go. I said, she's called my mom and told her she's in. So I really think she's in. He said, we'll see if she shows up. So and then they, and then, and then they showed up. So it's just been absolutely amazing. But uh, I'll let and, her, I guess, take it from there. And it's been so cool to, to have these guys become a part of our church and to yeah. start instantly serving. It's just yeah. awesome. So awesome. So awesome. And even though Tim teaches in VSSM, she still comes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm fair as much as possible. And I, I just wanted to ask again, why were you sleeping on the couch? Because I was sick. Oh, uh, oh, or I oh am, okay, okay. I, well, I guess not anymore after we've healing this morning, right? Yeah, okay. Jesus' name. Yeah, all right, all right. But yeah. Okay. So, Jay. Jay, you're up. Hi. That's Hi. Okay. Pray for me because I, I, I don't speak in front of people at all. So, <laughs> yes, I do now. That's right. I do now. Yes, you do. Uh, yes, you do. So, a little bit of the background, um, and this is why I was kind of, I, I didn't want to share because we're just going to be very open and vulnerable right now in front of a bunch of strangers that I don't know. Um, a just little bit family. about the background that you have to understand before you can really understand um, the healing that took place this week. Um, my husband and I have been married for almost five years. We got married later in life, so right away we're, we want a baby. And so we have been struggling with fertility issues for the entire time we've been married. Um, the past three years, we've been seeing a fertility specialist. We've gone through four procedures, and my body rejected the baby four times. So our greatest desire and prayer is to have a baby. So um, it's, it's, it's really difficult as a woman to go through that, as a man too, but as a woman especially. Um, so my beautiful family has been there through me, and Ezzy has taken me to every procedure, every fertility doctor appointment. She sat there with me through all the testing. She's put up with my craziness when I was on the hormones. My husband as well, but um, as he has taken us to the appointment, she's been in there with me with the procedures. She's seen me at my lowest. Um, she's seen me on the floor of the bathroom. She's seen me on the floor of the doctor's appointments. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, they showed up at my door at my house, and um, I had taken the day off work, and they showed up, and I was like, and they were both just really somber, and I'm like, oh, what happened? And I first looked at Tim, I said, okay, what did I do now? Because every time he's like that, he has to correct me. So he, he's like, we got to talk to you. So they came in the house, and they proceeded to tell me this wonderful news that they were scared to death in telling me is that God has blessed them and they're pregnant. So they told me that news. My husband was at work and I was by myself there at the house and I was having a really good day until they showed up. And they told me that and I just sat there and I started to cry and cry and cry. And then they stood there with me for a while and I asked them, I said, I need some time, can you please leave? So I walked them to the door and then I walked myself to my bedroom and I collapsed on the floor. And I started bawling my eyes out. And I didn't stop crying. 
and I didn't get up off of the floor until my husband got off work. And he literally had to help me get up and put me into bed. And I stood there for three days. Mm. And I didn't get out of bed. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't wash my hair. I literally, I didn't eat. For three days, I stood on the bed, crying my eyes out to God of why. Why can they be blessed? And what are we doing wrong? And I just, of course, took all the blame upon myself. And I wish I could say I was super spiritual. And God was speaking to me the whole time. And, you know, and it wasn't. All I heard was silence. And all I heard was my crying. My husband's crying over me. My husband's praying over me. He's like, please get up. And I just couldn't get up off the bed. So I didn't answer my phone for three days. Um, And it was Saturday, early, early Saturday morning. We were having school that day. Um, the VSSM school and my husband had talked to me before he went to work and he says please get up and go to school I feel like you need to go to school and I says I'm not going and he's like I really think you should go to school so I laid there in bed after he left and I tossed and I turned and I was like okay I'm gonna get up so I finally took a shower after three days and brushed my hair and I brushed my teeth and got ready and I went to school and I was completely, absolutely devastated and nobody knew anything that was going on. And Pastor Renee talked about worship and praise and that has always been one of my, that has always spoke to me is worship and praise. I've always studied on that. I've done lots of studies on that. I've talked about that and that has just been one of the things that has touched me and she played waymaker one of my favorite fav- that's one of my favorite songs and i just started praying and god just ministered to me and he came down and he just ministered to me and my dear friend elizabeth who knew nothing of what was going on came over to me and she spoke words over me and the presence of god just touched me so much when i left I called my mom because I had finally talked to my mom Friday night. I wouldn't speak to her. And I talked to her just for a minute and told her, I don't want to talk. And she's like, just please go to class tomorrow. She had said that as well. So I called her and I says, I wanted to let you know I went to class and God spoke to me and he ministered to me. And she's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she's like, I just want to tell you something. I was praying for you this morning and God gave me these words. And she's like, and he was telling me. And she goes, and I stopped and I was like, Lord, not my JK. My JK doesn't speak in front of people. And she's like, but God's going to, she's told me the same thing that Elizabeth told me. My mom in California, Elizabeth here, they don't know each other. Neither, Elizabeth didn't know anything about what was going on. And my mom had no idea what Elizabeth told me, and she told me the same thing. She said, God's going to heal your broken heart, and God's going to use you to speak to people, and your testimony's going to heal people. And she's like, get ready, because God's going to start using you. And I was like, I don't speak to people. She's like, that's what I told God. And he said, he's going to take this, and he's going to use this, and you're going to speak it to people. And so I was still brokenhearted. I'm not going to lie. I was still brokenhearted. God was working on me, but I was brokenhearted. And I had been affecting my relationship with these lovely people. And if you don't know, I'll let you know, we are very, very close. We are very, very close. And I love them with everything within me. And their babies are my babies. And so, um, but it was definitely affecting our relationship, even though I tried not to let it. So come Thursday night in class, once again, I'm telling you, if you don't go to VSSM, you need to. Um, but this is not about VSSM. But so Thursday night in class, um, we went to our little library, 
And Christy Lynn told us to just start praying. And so I started praying. She came over. She started praying over me. And she says, put your hand over your heart. And I did. And then she put her hand over my hand. And I am not kidding you. When she put her hand over my hand, there was something that happened in my heart. And there was, I mean, I cannot explain the feeling. I mean, it was like my heart came out of me and then went back in and it started beating differently. I cannot explain it. And instantaneously, instantaneously when that happened, I went into a vision and I was in a field. And how long have you guys been married? Almost 12 years. So over 12 years ago, God gave me a vision and I saw Emmeline before they were even married. And I saw Emmeline in a field and she was dancing around and she had a little sleeveless dress, exactly how she looks now, her little squeaky voice and everything. And I saw her in that field and I talked to her in that field before she was even born. And it was instantaneously when Christy Lynn did that, and my heart went back into me, because I believe God took my heart out and put it back into me. And when he did, I went back to that field, and I saw Emmeline in there. And she was singing, and she was dancing, and she was twirling, and she stopped. And she's like, Aunt Jay! And she starts running towards me, how she does when she sees me. And when she came towards me, all of a sudden, she started transforming into someone else. And that, that child came up to me, and it looked up at me, and I looked at that child, and I said, I don't know you. And that child's like, Aunt Jay, it's me. And it lifted its arms, and I picked it up, and I was holding it, and it wrapped its arms around me. And it's like, I just love you so much, Aunt Jay. And I was just like, I love you too, baby. And then I just started crying. And this is all in this vision, and I was bawling. And I was holding that child, and I was bawling. And I was just, I felt like God tell me once again, like he told me when I saw Emmeline, you've been called to be these children's aunt, and you're going to bless them, and you're going to speak into their lives, and they're going to be highly used of God. And I felt that all over again. So I saw Tim and Ezzy's new child in my vision again. And then instantaneously from there, I saw the child disappeared, and I saw the Lord standing in front of me. And he was holding what I thought was an ornament. But I looked, and it was on a string, and it was in the shape of a heart. And he's like, this is your heart. And he let it go. And it fell on the ground, and it shattered like a glass ornament into a thousand pieces. And he bent down, and he started picking up piece by piece and putting it back together. And then he stood up, and he was holding it. And the heart was back together, but there was all these cracks and these breaks. And in it was this light like I've never seen before inside of the ornament. Well, my heart. Inside of my heart, there was this light, and it was just shining through all of those breaks and all of those cracks. And, I mean, I wish I, I, wish I was an artist that I could draw this picture. It was absolutely beautiful the way the light was shining through it. And then God came up to me, and he put it back in, into me. And he said, that's what I just did with your heart. I repaired it. And he's like, and now you're going to see me. You're going to know me like you've never had before. And he's like, and I'm going to use this. He's like, I've healed your broken heart. And I'm going to use this, and this is going to be part of your ministry. <laughs> and oh, it was just absolutely amazing. I've never felt anything like that. So when we left class... <laughs> As always, I either call them or text them when I leave class. 
and we have this awesome, awesome conversations, but I hadn't. I hadn't been calling them or texting them at all. So I called Ezzy, and I was like, I just want to tell you what happened in class. So she said, okay. So I started telling her, and of course, she started just bawling on the phone. And I was like, you know, God is just, I need to apologize to you. I said, I need to apologize to you. I need to tell you I'm so sorry. And she's like, you're sorry. And I said, yes, I'm so sorry because I'm so happy about the baby. And I just love that baby so much already. And it's not even here. And I'm like, and I know that my attitude and my spirit has affected you guys and how you felt about the baby and not being able to fully rejoice in it and talk about it because I noticed when I was around they wouldn't really say anything and so I was like I apologize from the bottom of my heart and I love you guys and I'm there for you and I'm there for that baby and I'm going to be the best auntie I can be Well, is that incredible or what? Yeah. What God's up to, what God's doing, and, and uh, let's just all stretch our hands towards this, this, this amazing couple, both of these amazing couples. And we just, Father, we just thank you so much for, for what you've done, for what you're doing, and for what you're going to continue to do, Lord. And we're believing as, a, as an entire, as a body, a family, the extended family of yours, we're just believing that there is going to be another baby. Yes. That this too, that this couple will have a child of their own. Yes. I think it's just amazing that you, that what has happened, the transformation that's taken place in your heart, the healing that's happened there, that now you can be happy for Tim and Ezzy. And I believe that God is going to, I am believing, I'm not prophesying this, I say I am believing with you that God is going to give you your baby, that you are going to have a baby. Once you can rejoice for someone else, it's your turn. It's your turn. Everybody say, it's your turn. We bless you. We're believing with you. We pray for you. Fertility, fertility, a baby, a baby in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for, for just being vulnerable and pouring it all out there. That's incredible. <clears throat> Relationship over rights. Sometimes we just think that there's something that we can hang on to, that I have a right to be sad, that I have a right to be unhappy. These guys come and celebrate telling me when they know how I feel about this. You know, it's, it sounds so backwards to us, but it's real to this. You know, one's perception is their reality. And that, that, was, that was so real to, you know, to her. It's like to hang on to that, to that hurt, to that pain, to hang on to that offense because I have the right. But when we begin to lay down our rights for relationship, it's when God begins to bless us. Bill Johnson, do, do, do we have that quote, Linda? Are we able to put that up? If not, I just want to, to read it to you. Oh, yes, we do. I think this is amazing, and it's going to be, I guess, the central part. I'm going to re be referring back to this throughout this this message this morning. 
But let's just say together as we read that, royalty is my identity. Maybe together on one, two, three. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my life source. And we've been talking about the church. It's Jesus' church, the purpose of the church, and each one of us being a part of that. Royalty is my identity. I'm a son and daughter, or daughter of the Most High, of Almighty God, King of Kings, Lord of Lord. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood. What did Jesus do? He, he said, the greatest of you will be the servant of all. He washed the feet of those that he was teaching and leading and uh, his disciples. An intimacy with God is my life source. Man, it is about the presence, not the plan. It is about experiencing intimacy with God and becoming intimate with him, hearing his voice, understanding, knowing his heart. Intimacy with God is my life source. Fabulous quote right there. I want to jump right into, in this next 30 minutes, condense, condense, condense. One of you, we're going to be in the 12th chapter of John and be talking about Jesus. After he'd raised Lazarus from the dead, he did this amazing thing. A lot of people wanted to see him. They'd heard, they'd heard the tale, they'd heard what had happened. They wanted to, to, to see this guy that had actually raised somebody from the dead. But so, so some of them came around and, and his disciples came to him, beginning with verse 23. Uh, they came around saying, hey, there's people that want to see you, Jesus. There's people that want to see you. You know, you're becoming quite a celebrity. That was amazing what you did. And there are people that want to see you, that maybe talk to you, learn more about this. But verse 23, Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. I just want to stop there for a little bit. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Matthew was talking about that. We were singing about that this morning. It's like we are the glory carriers. We are the ones that bring glory to Jesus through the actions, through the things that we do in our obedience. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified, and we're the ones that need to be glorifying Him through our actions. Right? The hour has come. Everybody say, the hour has come. Son of Man should be glorified, and it's us. It's up to us. That's our job. That's our mission. He also goes on and says, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. I want to break this down just a little bit, um, maybe even quite a little bit. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Let's start with that. I think when... This incredible testimony that just happened. Now, if Jay would have gone on with the thought process, what was going on in her head, which was going on in her heart, she had hardened a place in her heart that, that when she heard something about baby, 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 she could not rejoice with Tim and Ezzie. They're having another baby. It's like, oh, but what about me? 
I don't want people to talk to me about that. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. You should know better than that. That's going to offend me. That's going to hurt my feelings. Don't talk to me like that. You should know that rule. It's kind of amazing that all of us, I, re, I even think of myself, even think of myself, in, in some of the things, I, I am oftentimes a slow learner. I have to like get a full head on, run, run my head into the wall, crash, do it again, do it about three times, I'll decide, okay, I need to do something different here. This is not working. <laughs> See, I... I preach and teach on, 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 on forgiveness and, and on, you know, honoring one another and even preferring one another to ourselves. That's what the Word says, right? Man, it's easy to preach about. It's easy to see what's happening in other people. It, it, it is even easy to think, I'm doing really well in this. I'm quick to forgive. Somebody can come and ask me for forgiveness. I will so quickly forgive you. But I also sometimes will, will set a standard for myself. It's like, oh, you, you told me a lie. You, you lied to me. There's one thing. It's like, man, I, I will hold hands with you. I will go to court with you. I will run the gambit with you if you'll be honest with me. But if you lie to me, it's like, oh, man. I just can't hardly stand that. So what will happen, I will start to distance myself a little bit from you because you lied to me. Are you with me? Yeah. Now see, we can all start to set those standards up for ourselves. And there's, oh man, there's another thing that just absolutely, I was talking with Jeff Towery the other day where we're talking about some of this some of this stuff. There's something that if I feel like somebody is trying to take advantage or trying to manipulate me to do what they want me to do, I mean, I smell that. I, yeah, yeah, you hear that? <laughs> I feel I smell manipulation. It's like, okay, I want to have nothing to do with you. I hate the thought of being manipulated. I, like, mm, mm, nope. If you're going to lie to me or try to manipulate me or some combination thereof, I want really, I don't really want to have anything to do with you. You've lost my respect. I. I I don't want to deal with you. So I will, I will start to back away. Recently, there was a situation in my life that, that some of this started happening. And uh, it's like it caused me a little bit of grief. And, but it's, God is continuing to, continuing to work on me and teach me more lessons. It's like, and showing me that when I teach you, when you walk through it, you can be a fairly effective teacher. When you're just trying to teach out of the book, it's a little bit more difficult, but when you've walked the walk, nobody can talk you out of it, you can be a better teacher. It's like, okay, that's why I get to go through these things, and sometimes over and over again. It's like, okay, we're getting this down. We're getting this down, this whole forgiveness. And so, and so I mean, one individual I, I think of, I was just having a little talk with the Lord, but... This individual won't be able to speak into my life. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. And, and I heard just in my spirit so clearly, do you trust me? Well, of course I trust you. That's almost like a silly question. Of course I trust you. Well, I use him probably more than I use you. I use imperfect 
people to end up doing my will, so you better get over it. It's like, <laughs> but, but, you know how I feel about this. Lord, come on. You're serious about that. Absolutely, I'm serious about this. Nobody's perfect. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all of us are continuing to grow. When we walk it out and we're led by the Holy Spirit, sometimes we have to run our head into the wall even a few times before we can soak it in, before it jars loose and go, hey, you have an issue here. You have to change some things in your life. Oh, again? Again? But you know I hate that. He says, I don't care that what you hate. It's like, oh, you need to lay down your rights for some relationship to be established or reestablished because i got some amazing things that are coming and you're going to have to make some partnerships even though you don't necessarily agree with some of the things that maybe that have happened to you. And, and it's like, oh, oh. Then I started thinking back. You know, there's a couple other. I just have to say, Pastor Rutzen, who here in just a short time, I will have been serving under and serving with for 30 years. It's like really soon, coming up on 30 years. Now, that man was an example to me, was a mentor to me, and he set the bar so high that I can look at other pastors and think, you shouldn't be a pastor. <laughs> because anything that this man has ever said to me has never been a lie. Any commitment he ever made, he fulfilled. Serving under him for, for those years, I never saw him do anything but live out what he preached, what he taught, and what he said. He never lied. He never f manipulated or anything. It was, it, it was straightforward. So I just say that's part of what, for me, from my perspective, what sets the bar. It's like something less than that. It's like, no. But that, that's what I came up under, and that's what I believe should happen because I believe, and this, there, there's two sides to, this is like a two-edged sword right here. I believe on the other side of that, take, take my perspective, the part that I just shared right there, if someone has amazing gifts, operates in gifts and is carrying gifts, but doesn't have the integrity to carry those gifts does not have godly integrity and some of the foundational what I see and think of as foundational issues then that gifting that they carry isn't going to produce the kind of fruit that it should because sometimes people aren't quite mature enough <laughs> to be able to overlook some of this stuff make sense? So it's really important that we walk integrity, that we walk in honesty. I mean, the Bible says that we're going to give account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. So we need to be very proactive and attentive 
to the words that we speak, the things that we say, and the actions that we do. But, I've got several more scriptures and not very much time, but that, that say, that, that will tell you, and I'll show you, that we need to have a big enough space to be able to overlook some of the faults of others, to be able to quickly forgive faults that we see in others, and that is a sign of spiritual maturity. Ah. But, ah. yeah, I think when I think about that, that one grain of that, that one grain of wheat, I, I, you know, there were several other situations where of a couple other pastors, you know, the fairly local pastors that I thought we had some agreement with. I mean, I know that we had some agreement with that all of a sudden didn't follow through and then like quit taking phone calls. So I said, I'm going to have nothing to do with them. I can't trust them. Like, okay. Different people just have different ways of dealing with things and we have to be big enough and mature enough to get over it. And that's what I heard. Like, like, Lynn, just get over yourself. You have to lay down some of these r things that you had were standards or really just what you're qualifying as your rights. It's like, oh, but my rights have been violated. You know, we have certain inalienable rights. It's like, forget those rights. If you're going to be obedient to me, if you're going to do what I've called you to do, and what I'm showing you to do and directing you to do, you're going to have to get over some of that stuff. It's like it's relationships over rights. And this message has been for me, uh, and I'm just sharing it with you. <laughs> Swallow that one really hard, right? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to continue reading, uh, and I'm not going to get to very, a lot of these scriptures, but most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, like dies, dies to itself, it remains alone. You want to be a lone ranger? Lone rangers don't produce much fruit, much grain. It remains alone, but if it dies... It produces much grain. When one kernel of grain, one seed of grain is planted and it dies. And I was just thinking, you know, Paul talks about a circumcision of the heart that needs to take place. You know, the hardness of the heart that, 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 that needs to change. That our heart needs to be softened. That we need to be able to, to open up. We need to start letting down some of the shells. Some of these things that I have up here. If you do this, then... If you do this... I, it's like, knock it off. You need to get some, some, some circumcision going on right here. But the other thing, I think, you know, when uh, that, that grain of wheat or, or barley or something, it's got a hard shell around it, and that shell has to crack, split, crack, and die for that tender shoot to start coming up from the, through the ground. And I think of that tender shoot that starts to come up after we have forgiven. It's just like... 
man, there's a vulnerability, there's a tenderness that comes up. And, and I think, you know what? That's like entering the kingdom as a small child where it's back to vulnerable, it's back to open, where I can receive because the, the hardness, that, it, it, it's cracked open and the tender shoot has peaked its way up through. Are you with me? That tender shoot then can be watered, can receive. It, it's open to receive then. And it can be nourished and it can grow. And in that produces much fruit, much grain. Everybody with me? All right. I'll keep reading then. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Think, he who loves his life will lose it. Now, I'm loving my life right now, but it's because I'm having opportunity to serve and to do what God's calling me to do. It's, this goes and turns around and says that he who hates his life in this world, if we're living our life in the worldly fashion, by the worldly standards, we're not living by the standard that Jesus set for us or the example that Jesus set for us, and that we hate. We're taught to hate that. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Why did Jesus come to this hour? To be that living, perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for us, for our sins, for, for all eternity. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have, <clears throat> I have both glorified and will again glorify. Whew. That sound like thunder to you? <laughs> Therefore, the people who stood by, say stood by. And who are those that stand by or stood by? They're bystanders, right? So let's say the bystanders. Thank you. Therefore the people who stood by, the bystanders that heard it, said, oh, it thundered. But others said an angel has spoken to him, him being Jesus. You know, I... I read this part over and over again, and I just thought, oh my goodness, there will always be bystanders in every meeting, in every place that God shows up, in every event where there's a manifestation, a spiritual manifestation that takes place, people are going to come up with a worldly explanation for that manifestation to try to convince you that there is a good explanation for this. That was thunder. It's like, well, if it was thunder, how did you make out the words? I just say again, for so many, 
so many times, so many circumstances, people are want to figure out and come up with the reason that that happened and it was not something incredibly spiritual. Does this make sense? How many have encountered that? How many haven't encountered that? It's like, oh. Another situation that I think of right there is, is, is the people that sometimes the most, the most, most difficult people are, I'm thinking over the last like 12 years, it's been incredible how God has been pouring new revelation into this church and we've been learning so much and learning to hear his voice and, 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 and learning about all of the manifestation and the gifts and, and how good he is and how much he wants to bless his children. It's like, wow, it's just been really, really awesome, this, this, this journey that we've been on under the, under the goodness of God and how he just wants to, wants to bless us and bless us and, and bless us some more. But then you run into those people, oh yeah, I remember we did that way back when. Oh, seen that, oh, seen that. Yeah, oh, you know what, and when that, oh, that's so sweet and so precious. And just totally downplay what God is doing. It's like, oh my goodness, yeah, I've been there, I've seen that. We don't, we don't do that anymore. That's not, no, no, no. It's like, we don't listen to that. Do we? No. Because no. there are always going to be the bystanders and the naysayers but we know what God's doing in our lives. We know what God's doing in our midst. You can't argue with what you have experienced. Therefore, the people who stood by said, Oh, it thundered. The bystanders said it thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him, capital H, Jesus. Jesus answered him and said, this voice didn't come because of me. It's for your sake. It's for your sake. I want you to hear and you to know. But the majority of the people didn't recognize it. They, I think it was thunder. I think it was thunder. Again, I say, in every crowd, there's going to be people. I even think of the spies. When, when uh, the spies were sent out, a dozen spies were sent out, only two of them came back and said, here's what God showed us. We can take this land. The other ten said, no, 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 we can't do it. The naysayers. I want to... Hmm. I want to have 25 more minutes to finish this. <laughs> um, I want to do some really cru fast cruising. Uh, Luke 6.46, can we get that up there? Really quick, Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say, that I instruct you to do? If you're going to call me Lord, why don't you do what I instruct you to do? Why do you think that you're in charge and that you need to lead your own life and still call me Lord? 1 John 2.6. 1 John 2, verse 6. He who says he abides in him, who abides in Jesus, ought himself also to walk just as he, as Jesus walked. We know that we are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And that if we're going to be glorifying him, 
We need to be walking in holiness as Jesus walked, walking in love as Jesus walked, being so quick to forgive as Jesus forgave. When the fruits of the Spirit, the first three fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. We need to walk in love, joy, and peace. We need to exude love, joy, and peace. And the rest of the foundation builds on that. Those three, love, joy, and peace. We want to walk like Jesus walked. The first things that we need to be walking in is love, joy, and peace, which requires amazing forgiveness which requires us to start pulling down some of the things that we perceive to be our rights. They offended me because... <sighs> Proverbs 17.9 Oh, excuse me. Colossians 3.13 and 14. Sorry, Linda. That we bear with one another. We are bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another... Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Love, love, love. If we love well enough, we can forgive easily. Now Proverbs 17.9. He who covers a transgression seeks love. He who repeats a matter separates friends. It's like, ouch! How important it is for us to drop down some of our rights and not worrying about exposing somebody just to, to, to raise up our own flag and our rights my rights have been violated, so I'm going to tell you what he did. I'm going to tell you what she did because my rights were violated. Are you with me? We need to get over that. We need to get over that. He who covers the transgression, it's like, you know what? If we have the latitude in our spirit, if we have a, 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 a big, 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 uh, almost sloppy forgiveness to be able <laughs> to just cover a uh, love covers a multitude of sin and a lot of transgression. If we love well and we're thinking about that person, Pastor Rich, has, I mean, for 15 years have been, been on a seek first to understand, then to be understood. That motto is pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing. We, we've, we've worked on that a, a lot, seeking to understand. But even greater is to like, you know what? I don't necessarily have to understand all that if I will just forgive it. If I will... Lean on the Lord, not on my understanding, but lean on Him and His direction. I can be much quicker to forgive, be led by the Spirit, and if He's telling me that this person's got something for me, it's like, it doesn't matter what else they've said or done. I need to receive that. I need to be that little green shoot that just comes sticking up ready for nourishment, entering the kingdom as a small child, not with all kinds of barriers up. With me? In Proverbs 19.11 The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. 
Even more painful scriptures, huh? <laughs> no. Okay, I want to turn really quickly, and we're getting, we're, we will be concluding here really quickly, quick, really quickly to a couple more scriptures. I'd like to be in John 14, 27. John 14, 27. I didn't give you that one, did I? Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's one of the things that we need to, to have when we, when we encounter Jesus, when we've been with Jesus, we walk away with peace. There's just an incredible peace that comes in and with and through the presence of God. Isn't that something that I, that's something that I be, that's one of the things that I just as pray for is love and peace will just settle on you. And when we walk out of an encounter with him, that's for me, that's that's, that's the measure, that's the gauge. Like we feel so much peace. Peace, love, and joy. Peace, love, and joy. In John twenty twenty one. So Jesus said to him again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. It's like, go in peace. Not in frustration, not in anxiety, but in peace. Peace, peace, peace. Last scripture that I want to go to to conclude is Revelation 3. Revelation 3.19 to start with. Jesus said, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous. What is zealous? It's like excited with zeal. Let's, let's be passionate. Be zealous. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. You know, so many people think I, another conversation that Jeff and I were having on the phone a different day. Uh, just yesterday, in fact, we were just talking about feeling beaten down like, oh God, I'm sorry, oh God, I'm sorry, oh God, I'm sorry, oh God, I'm sorry. For me, that's not the case at all. It's not like that. Sometimes, I remember playing basketball back then and I used to go over the game thinking, oh man thinking about, oh, I, I wish I wouldn't have done this. I'd replay the game in my head, go over it and over it. And, oh, if I wouldn't have done this, and I could uh, used to just like, oh. And I did that for a while in, in serving the Lord. It's like, oh, man, I messed up here. Oh, gee, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, God, how could you ever forgive me? I messed up again and again and again and again. But now, in these last dozen years or so, I've come to realize my identity, who I am in Christ. He has empowered me to be successful in following Him. When I do, just, just like this that I'm preaching this, this morning, this whole forgiveness thing that I thought I was good at anyway, but realizing about this, this rights, this, things that I've, these rights, it's like, 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing me that. And now I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. Thank you for showing me that there's somewhere else that I messed up. It's not like, oh, God, I, I killed him. Please forgive me. I know he's forgiving me because he's quickly, quickly convicting me, showing me. It's like, yes, oh, all I had to do is run my head into the wall about three times. That was one, two, three. It's like, oh, man, I should have been listening before. And Revelation 3, 20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, dine with him, and he with me. Now I talk about running my head into the wall and running my head into the wall, and it's just like sometimes we get so many things going on, going on in our head, and we get so stinking busy with stuff. And so much of it is distraction. So much of it is stuff that we need to do. But I miss that. Ow! Instead of having to go through it, instead of having to hit my head in the wall, if I would slow down a little bit occasionally, like be still. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Be listening for that. Because he's knocking. He's knocking this morning. It's like, listen, listen. It's like, you know, the, the sheep don't usually have to chase after the shepherd. It's the shepherd that's going after the sheep. And Jesus is coming after each and every one of us. He, he just wants to have that intimacy that Bill Johnson is talking about. Intimacy with God is my life source. There's nothing that he wants more than to have that intimacy with you and with me. It's like becoming our life source. So we just hear. But there's so much other noise. Like, but, but I'm really, I'm really busy right now. I can't, I can't go answer that door. I got my telephone's ringing. I got somebody waiting on the. I, it's like ah. But still, patiently. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and what I really want is to come in, and I want to have intimacy with you. I want to sit down and have a meal with you. I want to share my heart with you, and I want you to share your heart with me. Let's just sit down and talk about it. I believe that's his desire for every one of us this morning. When something comes into our heart, when, when, when we're listening for that knock, we're listening for, for that knock, it's like, oh, that's, that's you, Jesus. I need to sit down and be still here for a little bit. I need to let you come in so we can talk, so we can have some communion, so we can have some intimacy, 
So you can tell me a little bit up front so I don't have to run my head into the wall over and over again, headlong. All I need to do is just sit down with you across the table, get some really good instruction, and you'll tell me what to do. You'll show me what to do. I'll feel it. I'll know it in my spirit. I just have to answer the knock. Let's just stand together. Father, I thank you that you are such a loving, caring, passionate Father, and that you continue, you continue to pursue us, and you continue knocking on the door, even when we're too busy to answer the door, even when we want to hide from the door, it's like, oh, I have so much going on right now, I have so much going on, I hear so much other noise, I didn't even hear the door, I didn't even hear the door because there was too much other noise going on in my life. God, I just pray that you, you would help us, you would show us, you would lead us into a time and a place where we will become much, much more sensitive to your knocking on our door. And that, God, we will respond to that knock on the door and that we will step into that place. Just like when you stepped in the garden, what you wanted was intimacy with Adam. But Adam went and hid because he messed up. Now we know uh, all we have to do <laughs> is with zeal repent. And you are so there for us, desiring to have that intimacy with us. Show us. Teach us. Help us to quiet our spirits and our minds to be able to hear what the Spirit has to say to us. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we spend our quiet time and as we spend our worship time, that we'll clear our minds, clear our spirits, and just listen and spend that time with you. I give you thanks. I give you praise for what you've said, for what you've done here even this day. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.